0: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $793 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2021 and May 2022. Potential savings will vary.
1: Hey there, Dinner SOS listeners. We'll be back next week with a brand new mailbag episode featuring the wonderful Mark Bittman. But to tide you over, we're sharing one of our favorite episodes from this year, all about helping a listener overcome her fear of cooking chicken. Enjoy, and happy cooking.
2: It is my dog's kryptonite. Like, normally a very good dog, terrible dog if chicken is involved. There was one time I made two whole roast chickens. She disappeared one off the kitchen counter. It's why she's not allowed in the kitchen anymore. The chicken was gone. Bones, everything. There just wasn't a chicken there anymore. What? Yeah. Bones? Everything. Gone.
1: (laughs) Hey there, listeners, future callers, and cooking enthusiasts. This is Dinner SOS, the show where we help you save dinner, or whatever you're cooking. I'm Chris Morocco, food director of Bon Appetit and Epicurious. Sometimes it feels like I'm here in our little podcast studio in New York City, reading scripts into the void, asking for your questions. But sometimes the void answers back. And this week, our answer came in the form of a voicemail from listener Sophie.
0: Hi, dinner SOS. I was listening to your request for submissions, and I was like, that's me. I am afraid to cook chicken.
1: The system works. So, Sophie called us from Portland, Oregon, with a very relatable fear. Even though her problem was clear and simple, I couldn't help but throw her a curveball when I got her on the phone. What makes you think you need to cook chicken? And is that a weird question?
0: No, I think that's a brilliant question, because I don't really need to cook chicken, do I? Maybe I'm asking the wrong question. I just feel like... It seems like a basic thing to be able to do. Like, everyone who cooks knows how to cook chicken. On the other hand, most of my friends up here are vegetarians, so Mm -hmm. I couldn't even feed anyone chicken if I did cook chicken.
1: So you've attempted to do this or you haven't even tried?
0: I have attempted to do this. Not like a whole chicken, but like pieces of chicken. But I'm so afraid of undercooking chicken that I overcook it, and that is like not the best.
1: What are the styles of chicken dishes that you like? I mean, if like, what is your platonic ideal of chicken? Like, what does it look like? What does it sound like? What does it taste like?
0: Such a good question. Although, honestly, from the beginning of your questions, I'm like, why do I feel attached to cooking chicken?
1: Oh, don't worry. We're going to go back to that. Don't you worry. We're going to like, we haven't moved on. This is so far from over. I'm establishing some, some benchmarks here.
0: Sure. What is my platonic ideal of a chicken dish?
1: What's the cut? What's the look? Is it crispy? Is it saucy?
0: I mean, I think that it's, like, pretty to be able to roast a whole chicken, but I don't feel attached to that at all. I feel like chicken breasts are fine, but I feel like I'm usually more interested in, like, a chicken thigh or something like that. I mean, platonic ideal, perhaps the skin would be crispy. I don't know how to achieve that, but that would be great.
1: Okay, let's go back to this idea, like, why you think you need to cook chicken. And is there (laughs) something that, is it like a protein or is it, you know, more plant-based that you would ultimately find more gratifying to learn to cook? You know, with a dotted line too, yeah, and maybe you could serve it to your friends too.
0: I love that question because I think I might be more interested in being able to cook chicken for like, what it means to me as like this seems like that basic cooking skill that like i don't know i feel insecure about my cooking abilities in general and so i think i'm using it more as like a like a a checkbox than mm-hmm. something that i actually maybe really want
1: yeah that's important to know right because I, like my thing is like okay if you don't really care about this thing and doesn't mean <laughs> that much to you who cares right let's let's find yeah. something else but if totally. this is like this is part of your journey to self-actualization, like, we can do Uh that, you know? Even if it's just, like, kind of checking a box, like, let's do it just for the sake of demystifying it, right?
0: Sure.
1: And, like, that's totally valid. What about this, okay? Okay. Let's proceed on the assumption that this is going to be a chicken episode. But, (laughs) but, okay, like, we're not beholden to any rules here. Okay, at Dinner SOS, like we don't care Uh about the rules. If we talk in another week or two and you say, you know what, F chicken, I want to learn how to make a baller plant based burger myself or, hey, I want to learn how to like level up my tofu game. We can do that, too. We'll pivot on the fly. Who cares? Right. Okay. So I'm excited about this because we can sort of be on a process of figuring out, like, is, is chicken really what you want to learn how to make here? Because, listen, I think, like, chicken's amazing. Like, what other whole animal does the average person out there cook themselves? Like, what other whole animal are you, like, in a position to break down yourself, you know, kind of treat the component parts in different ways, optimized for Mm -hmm. what they want to do and how they perform in, like, cooking settings? You know, like, there are applications for chicken where, like, doneness is not the issue. People don't realize how much further they can be cooking their dark meat to bring it to that place of, like, maximal tenderness Textural transformation Nothing to do with the texture of God help me Bouncy Barely cooked Dark meat Riding shotgun On a roast chicken That's just there F that You don't need to play that game
0: I completely agree. And actually, as you've talked more about chicken, I feel like I have mentally journeyed back to some of my more favorite chicken, which is not the like roast chicken with the crispy skin. But like there's a like a restaurant in my hometown, um, like a Puerto Rican restaurant that does like an amazing probably braised oven chicken and I feel like that is much more interesting to me than the other. I feel like also just speaking of chicken and what I do enjoy about chicken, like I love taking the random pieces of chicken and turning it into stock. Like I had so much mm-hmm. fun making stock with like some heads and feets and random parts in my freezer. Good and for you. That sort of thing is like yeah, a get delight. The feet right I feel in like there. a witch. Yeah, put the feet in. It's so fun. But yeah, I'm much more interested in like a braised chicken where maybe the question isn't like. How do I know exactly, like, is this safe enough to eat without turning it into, like, a rubbery piece of whatever? But instead, like, oh, more interesting things can happen with chicken than that.
1: Definitely. Definitely. I love those moments with meat where, like, the texture has really been altered, where flavors have really been drawn out. And... Chicken to me like has really great flavor, but more from the standpoint of the flavor it imparts to other things, such as broths, you know, things around it, things that benefit from roasting in the chicken's fat, you know, like there's a lot in that space that we can explore. Sophie, this was a really unexpectedly rich and satisfying conversation for me. I just want you to know that.
0: Well, likewise, I feel like you really changed my thoughts about chicken already, so I feel excited and grateful for this journey
1: great well don't forget you still got your wild card you want to pull the plug any moment you do it okay
0: and likewise if you came back with nothing chicken related i would still be excited so
1: (laughs) well i probably wouldn't have a job but i appreciate that all the same
2: yeah sure (laughs) (laughs) i love chicken like i make chicken you know once a week not just because it's easy, but because I love to eat chicken.
1: Mackenzie Feagan is a senior commerce editor and it seems the biggest chicken fan on staff.
2: Like when I think of more expensive protein, you know, like, I don't know, like lamb or like halibut, would I rather eat chicken? I think I might.
1: So she was immediately game to help Sophie get on board with team chicken. But little did Mackenzie know, my little existential why chicken question was about to become a format breaker. My proposal: Mackenzie and I should both come prepared with a chicken recipe for Sophie, but also a wild card non-chicken recipe.
2: Whoa, whoa, that is a wild card. I know. Card. I know.
1: Sorry. I just like I, I we were there. <laughs> I like I brought you in, but then I like. I like threw threw you a little uh wild card there. Right. right. What do you
2: say t- like 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 guinea fowl? Like what are we talking? What non-chicken recipe are you gonna pull out? I don't oh, want to no. make sure that we're playing as an even playing field, Chris. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> oh. I love the idea that this beginner home cook is coming to you and saying, like, I think I want to cook chicken and you come back to her and you're like, guess what? I have a recipe for pasta for you.
1: Yeah. So Mackenzie and I went our separate ways to brainstorm chicken recipes, and not chicken recipes, that might help Sophie get that self-actualization she's craving in the kitchen. After a short break, it's wild card time. Hey, it's Francis Lam, host of The Splendid Table. And you know, I just want to tell you that our show is a great place to come to for some holiday sanity. We're getting cooking help from amazing people this holiday season, including Chef Kristen Kish, Eric Repair, Abra Barron's, and cookbook authors Jocelyn Jelk-Adams, Dan Pelosi, and Amy Phelan. We have cooking, eating, and gifting ideas for anyone you're going to have at your table, so listen to The Splendid Table wherever you get your podcast. Talk to you soon. Welcome back to Dinner SOS. Now, before the break, Sophie called in asking for help conquering her fear of chicken cookery. But things took a bit of a turn. So when Mackenzie and I got her back on the line, we wanted to know where Sophie was at, chicken-wise.
0: I've thought a lot about it since last week. And I have two main thoughts. Um, The first is, I think that I have in my head that I need to learn to make chicken because growing up, that's often what my mom would make to entertain. Okay. And so I think I have this idea that like, well, that's what you do if you want to like feed people a thing is you like make either a whole chicken or like parts of chicken um, in the oven. And like that is what it is to entertain and to care for people. I don't think that I have to be my mom and do the same thing. So that's one part. On the other hand, your suggestion about braised chicken, very compelling. I've been thinking about it all week. I would be interested in learning something of that variety. So those are my two chicken thoughts.
1: Okay. Mackenzie, first of all, what do you love about chicken?
2: It is inherently and unimpeachably delicious. And I think because it is, you know, among the cheaper proteins, it often gets dismissed. Uh-huh, but I think yeah. that its deliciousness quotient is actually so much more than um, than what you would pay for it at the grocery store. Like, I think that chicken is just as delicious as more expensive proteins like lamb, for example. And I am so thrilled that it is affordable enough that we can potentially have it when company comes over. It's a nice thing that you're able to make and share with people, as you said, Soapy.
1: It can be so many different things, Mm. right? Mm -hmm. Depending on what cut of chicken, how it's prepared, it's adaptable to literally any cuisine, shows up in myriad cuisines, you know, takes to all kinds of preparations. I think that's what it is for me. It's just like this versatility and that it can mean something different to different people is is like where I think it like really shines as an ingredient, you know? So Mackenzie and I are each going to give you our best sales pitch for a chicken dish. Okay. You with me, Sophie?
0: Yes. Sounds great.
1: We're each going to pitch you a chicken dish and then we're going to pitch you on a wild card. Okay. Like anything but chicken, just like anything else to kind of like try to tempt you and straying from the chicken path.
2: It's a bonus round. Yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We could treat it as a bonus round. Let's talk Primarily about chicken. I just want to like see if, you know, we can kind of tempt you away. My God. How does that sound? That sounds
0: very fun.
1: Like I said, <laughs> we're going to do everything we can to tempt you away. Okay. And maybe we'll even have a time limit. It's going to be like we're going to pitch you the wild card recipe, and maybe there's like a one minute time limit. Okay.
2: Great. I'm ready. I like this. This is like we're going on Shark Tank or something like that. And we have like a finite amount of time to get Sophie to say yes. Totally. Why don't you go first, Chris? I want to see how a pro delivers the sales pitch.
1: Oh my God. <laughs> a pro no coming off of a sinus infection. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull it together. So here is coconut milk braised chicken legs. This is a recipe I originally developed for Healthy-ish. Okay, it's so simple. You just take coconut milk, you whisk in some Thai curry paste, and just right there in the baking dish, you throw in some peeled smashed ginger, um, some peeled smashed garlic, lemongrass, and a couple of chicken legs. You throw it at a 400-degree oven, and you just roast them. You let them roast, okay, until the chicken is really tender. I mean, like beyond like just simply cooked, like the the joint will be flexing, the meat will be tender and shreddy, and you can throw over some crispy coconut chips, a little bit of fresh cilantro, some lime wedges. It's just such a great recipe for just showcasing, you know, like taking dark meat like right to the edge of doneness.
0: That sounds great. I'm already excited. I can't believe this is only the first pitch.
1: So what I like about this is, like, it's a handful of ingredients, and it's a very hands-off process. So in terms of, like, you know, actually having to interact with the chicken, like, that part is over very quickly. You just simply get it into the oven, and you let it go.
0: Yeah, it sounds like something that I could do, which I love.
1: You could definitely do this. Now, I love this one, but let's see what Mackenzie has to say.
2: Okay, I'm ready. Sophie, you know, one of the things that I do not do here at Bon Appetit is develop recipes that is not in my wheelhouse. I am a writer. I'm an editor. I am the lucky recipient of a lot of food from the test kitchen. But I think how that works to my advantage and therefore your advantage in this situation is that as we say in my house, I have no horse in this fight. I did not (laughs) develop the recipe that I'm about to pitch you. No shade, Chris. I know that coconut chicken recipe and it's delicious. And all of Chris's recipes are good. But I am quite familiar with the Bon Appetit Recipe Canon. Um, And this recipe that I'm going to pitch you was developed by Claire Saffitz a while ago. And it is chicken paprikash with buttered egg noodles. Uh, Sophie, oh, Chris, wow, that's a a real sigh. Yeah,
1: Yeah, no, it's a sigh of contentment.
2: Okay, great, um, Sophie. What is your familiarity level with chicken paprikash?
0: Um, I read a book where chicken paprikash featured as it was like a, a novel. That's great. Did <laughs> what you? Book? What's the novel? I think it's called Boy Snowbird. It, it, so the chicken paprikash is actually not like a high point in the novel. Like it's used in kind of a nefarious plot, but that does not color my whole, like that is not a reason for me to not be excited. About I feel this. like
2: I have read this book and yet cannot remember the significance of chicken paprikash, but um, everyone can go ahead and and Google it on their own. <laughs> Let's leave it at that. Um, so I love this dish. I have made it very recently and one of the things that I think recommends it is I had everything that I needed in my pantry or refrigerator except for the chicken itself. And once you make it, you will also have what you need. The main important thing is that you want to use fresh Hungarian paprika because paprika does tend to go bad quite quickly. Not bad, but just loses its flavor. So if you do want to splurge for one thing, get some good paprika because you're going to be using three tablespoons of it in this recipe. This recipe also will teach you, I think, some basic chicken cooking techniques. I heard that you really are a fan of crispy chicken skin. Is that right? Who doesn't love crispy Mm. chicken skin? I think that this is going to offer you like a little bit of the best of both worlds because you're going to get the crispy skin on the thigh, but it's also a braise. So you're going to be able to cook this with confidence. You're not going to have to worry about if it's overdone, if it's underdone, it's going to cook in this delicious sauce. And then you're going to spoon it over noodles or... Mashed potatoes, my personal favorite. When I made it last time, I had sauce left over. I kept it in the fridge. I put it on eggs. I put it on toast. The sauce is so versatile, almost as versatile as chicken.
1: Whoa, listen to her go. Wow.
2: That was <laughs> a beautiful oh. pitch. Look, I'm, I'm extremely <laughs> impressed. I'm passionate about chicken, you guys. That wasn't a lie.
1: No, it came from a very deep
2: place. I see it. I love that. Yeah.
1: And I think what's cool about this recipe, too, is even if the chicken skin is not going to stay perfectly crisp, like, after coming out of the braising environment, but it really does showcase the depth of flavor that taking that skin to that, like, brown and crispy place is going to, like, offer the, the the dish. I also want to point out that this recipe, you know, this was originally developed for Basically, which was kind of like a sub-brand that we had for a long time. And you have gifts that can just walk you through all of the stages of the recipe. So cooking through this is a total snap. You can see what the chicken skin should look like when you brown it. You can see what the aromatic should look like. It literally like it holds your hand. It's such a lovely experience, especially for somebody who's not super confident. So as like a recipe format, it's a really, really wonderful one to consider.
2: I couldn't agree more, Chris. I love the fact that I'm able to look at these short videos and see what I'm looking for in terms of brownness or doneness. And like, you know, once you learn how to sear a chicken thigh and what you're looking for, that's a skill that you get to take with you forever and apply in so many different ways.
1: Transferable skills. It's Mm. what it's all about.
0: We love a transferable skill. No, that is a exactly my hesitation with this recipe. Like, it's on the one hand, I'm like, it would be good for me to learn how to do this. And on the other hand, I have a vision of myself like setting off the fire alarm, trying to sear chicken thigh. I don't know, Chris, but I think it could be really good for me. And it does
2: sound delicious. I think it could be good.
1: Mackenzie, how many times have you set off your fire alarm cooking something this year?
2: Well, I mean, it is only March as we're recording this, so this year, zero times. You know, I have set up the fire alarm in the past, but never once for cooking chicken thighs. I will say that. Okay. I
1: mean, okay. don't. all I'm saying is, like, don't fear that, right? Like, we're, we've True. all been there.
2: We That's have so many other things to fear. Chicken thighs are not in the top ten.
1: <laughs> yeah, no.
2: Okay,
0: this is a beautiful pep talk.
1: <laughs> um. Okay, so... We now come to the wild card phase of the conversation. Okay.
2: Wildcard. Wild.
1: So I have one minute <laughs> to try to convince you, don't make chicken make BA's best chocolate chip cookies. All right, I'm timing myself right now. What? <laughs> All right. This is it. It's happening. Okay. If you want like a path towards self-actualization, I think baking something has distinct benefits. Okay. This is something that you can easily share with friends, colleagues, loved ones. Your neighbors will love you. This teaches you how to make brown butter, which talking of transferable skills, that is right up there.
2: Absolutely. This is a
1: really easy recipe because you're using a liquid fat method, which means you don't need a stand mixer. You could put the dough together by hand. And who doesn't want to bake a delicious chocolate chip cookie?
2: Wow, Chris, that was a real wild card. That was a wild, that, wild card. I said, I said
1: wild card. Not
2: expecting that I said at all. wild card I'm lightning shocked.
1: round. You both walked right cool. into it. <laughs> You're right, we did. It wasn't no like, I, oh, I, let me like well, softball you another chicken recipe. No, chocolate chip cookies. That's a choice. I thought you were
2: going, like, tofu. Right, turkey instead. No. Dessert. Well, no, because how am I— That would—
1: Oh, yeah, I'm going to lure you away with, like, a 20-pound friggin', like, (laughs) child-sized overgrown bird. Yeah, no. Come on. This, like— It has to be, like, temptation. I'm really trying to draw you away from the exercise and see, like, how committed to chicken just are you. I think it's
2: a little unfair, Chris. Uh, I think if you just asked, you know, your kids, like, would you rather have the chicken or would you rather have this delicious, fresh baked chocolate chip cookie? Like, we know what we're going to pick, right? We're all going to pick the cookie. I
0: guess, but I actually feel, I mean, I really want the chocolate chip cookie also. Um, I love a chocolate chip cookie. It's one of my favorite things. But I feel like I I can't eat a chunk choc- I mean I can eat chocolate chip cookies for dinner but I will be full of regret. So I, I mean I'm I'm swayed but I'm not sure I'm entirely I I think it's still an open game I guess is all I'm saying. Again. Okay, wow.
1: here we go. That's Here's my chance then. to sway you. So Mackenzie, like yeah. this is your chance if you weren't swinging big enough before. Okay, you know what kind of ball field you're on now.
2: <laughs> I do. What I know the contours do of this chocolate chip cookie shaped ball field. Okay, Chris, <laughs> you time me, you know, buzzer me when I'm at one minute, okay?
1: Your time starts now. <laughs>
2: Sophie, am I correct that you live in Portland, Oregon? I do live in Portland, Oregon. Okay, my perception is that you all just have, you know, salmon and like filberts and Stumptown coffee and like fresh berries all the time, that that's primarily your diet. So I'm going to tell you, don't make chicken. Make this slow roasted salmon with harissa. And this is a foolproof recipe. You cannot mess this salmon up. It's going to come out perfectly every time. It has... Five ingredients plus salt. So easy. It's low and slow. You're going to make a delicious oil with the harissa and olive oil. Put it in the oven at a low temp, like 275. Walk away. Just walk away. When you come back, it's going to be perfectly (laughs) cooked. And your dinner party guests are going to ooh and ah. Also, transferable skill. You don't want to do harissa. Do another sauce. You can do this. Okay. Thank you very much. Thank you for your time.
1: I would have kept talking. You're, you're too well behaved.
2: Thank you, sharks. I yeah, appreciate wow. your one minute. What, what do you, do you think, Sophie? <laughs> we're dying to what know. Do think? You don't have to. You don't
1: have to I commit. Mean, but if you want to talk, we're here to chat. Okay, yeah, we're here for you. Okay. We're here for
2: you.
0: Let's see. Thank you so much. I really appreciate the support. And these are so fun. Okay, I mean. A slow roast salmon is very compelling. The like harissa oil situation sounds pretty magical. Um, I guess I feel more convinced by the chicken train than when I started this conversation.
1: Oh, okay. I we know. tried. I mean, we really tried. We were throwing chocolate sure. chip cookies at you.
0: I'm really discovering things about myself. <laughs> I had no idea.
1: <laughs> I mean, listen, you could still decide to do a wild card. OK, we're going to live in suspense until then. OK, but I can't wait to hear what you pick, whatever it is. OK,
2: absolutely. I mean, Chris, we tried, but I have to say I am thrilled by this potential outcome. Team chicken over oh, here. Oh,
1: totally.
0: Team chicken.
1: So we sent Sophie the two chicken recipes and two wild cards. After the break, we find out whether she's conquered her fear of cooking chicken or decided she's beyond fear entirely. Hey, listeners, Chris Morocco here. If you find yourself in a dinner crisis, the Epicurious app comes to the rescue. Not only will you unlock over 50,000 recipes from Bon Appetit and Epicurious, You'll also receive daily personalized recommendations based on your unique preferences and dietary needs. Head to the Apple App Store and download the Epicurious app to kickstart your seven-day free trial today. Don't miss out on this culinary adventure. Start your free trial and let the Epicurious app be your kitchen hero. Happy cooking. Now, Sophie, so, Without telling me yet what you cooked, how are you feeling?
0: I'm feeling good. I had so much fun. I had a bit of a timing issue, which is entirely my own doing, but I still came out of it feeling very accomplished.
1: Mm. A timing issue. I can't wait to hear more about this timing issue. Yeah, chocolate chip cookies will do that to you every (laughs) time. Yeah,
2: you wish, Chris. (laughs) You wish.
1: Well, Sophie, I think we have some tape of you cooking your dish. Michelle, you want to roll that for us?
2: Okay, so this is a
0: quick bonus update, which is to say that I am still deciding which recipe I want to pick, but I... Also wanted to bake the cookies and decided that if Chris is going to suggest chocolate chip cookies for a chicken episode, then I can also do whatever I want. Okay, I am preparing to make my main dish. I decided I I did want to do chicken and that I should go with the coconut milk
2: braised chicken legs. It's a Chris Morocco sweep.
1: <laughs> but I feel like there was almost some shade in there. Like almost like if Chris decides <laughs> to like just go wildly into the weeds and suggest a chocolate chip cookie recipe, then I'm gonna one up him by actually doing it so that people can see what a ridiculous premise it was in the first place.
2: I mean, honestly, I like the logic. If Chris Morocco's like the best chicken recipe is chocolate chip cookies, <laughs> like make the chocolate chip cookies. <laughs>
1: Before we hear more from Sophie, I wanted to quickly explain how to make both the coconut milk braised chicken legs and our chicken wild card, B.A.'s best chocolate chip cookies. The chicken legs really couldn't be simpler. You put coconut milk, curry paste, lemongrass, ginger, and garlic into a baking dish, add seasoned chicken legs, and bake, basting them occasionally until the chicken is browned, tender, and cooked throughout. Then you can serve it over rice with coconut flakes, cilantro, and or lime wedges to finish. The BA's best chocolate chip cookies start with browned butter. Then you mix in both dark brown and white sugars, an egg plus two egg yolks, vanilla, and your dry ingredients. Finish up by folding in chopped bittersweet chocolate or semi-sweet chocolate chips. Scoop out onto your baking sheets, bake and delight in the wild card treat just given yourself. Well, so Sophie, you would made a chicken recipe and you went with Mm. the coconut braised chicken. How did that go? And is this where the timing issue came in?
0: Yes, but the timing issue, I just um, had to go to biology lab, and I really thought I started early enough. But anyway, it went well. I I decided I wanted to cook a chicken. I plan to also make the salmon just as a personal project, and I did write Michelle an email asking to please convey my apologies for only picking Chris recipes.
2: Um, (laughs) No offense taken, Sophie.
0: But... Yeah, it went great. It's so easy. It came out really wonderful. The leftovers were really good. It was just that I planned to do it in a way that I could like sit down and have a lovely dinner by myself before going to biology lab. And instead, I was like eating it like a little bit too hot standing up in the kitchen while putting things away. And then I like took my bowl in the car with me and ate it red lights. <laughs> which wasn't the experience i was planning but it was still great.
1: I think we've all been there when you know you just like bring your mug, not a travel mug, but just like a mug of coffee with you in the yes. car because it just seems like the right thing to do at 7:30 in the morning.
2: I would say coffee's a little bit more conventional than chicken thighs, but you know, <laughs> however however you have to eat.
1: Um tell me, any issues with ingredients like prepping that mixture that the chicken braises in?
2: The only
0: issue I had, and this was such a silly issue. I I had never cooked with lemongrass before and I could okay. not figure out how to crush it except by cutting it down the middle and kind of breaking, like crushing it with my fingers. I figured it would release some of the stuff. I didn't mm-hmm. think it was what you were telling me to do, but I Probably think it not. worked okay. Well, how do you do that?
1: I mean, it is this funny kind of incredibly woody grass. Um, Usually we kind of trim the bottom stem end, like where Mm -hmm. it's attached to sort of like the clump and then take off a few of like the the tougher outer layers and then just thin thinly slice using a very sharp knife and a steady hand. um, What's there? Or, you know, you can grate it on a rasp style grater, like a microplane, or you can just crush it and throw it in. And I think that the nice thing about that recipe is you don't really have to do that much to it. I mean, if you literally just took took the thing, you know, wedged it into your roasting dish, you would be fine and you would get a lot from it.
2: Yeah. If I need to smash it, I take like the base of my cleaver and just kind of like run it up and down to, as you said, Sophie, release some of those aromas. Mm
1: -hmm. You had leftovers though, right? Did you come back to it later and sort of reheat it? How did that go?
0: I did. um, So when it initially came out of the oven, it was so beautiful. It like, The skin on the top of the, I think it was on the top of the thigh, not the leg part, but regardless, part of the skin was like brown. It was like rendered. It was gorgeous. The texture was really nice. And I knew that leftover that wouldn't be as beautiful, but Mm. I can't eat two chicken legs by myself and all my friends are vegetarian up here. So I had (laughs) some, I had it as leftovers and my favorite thing that I did with it as leftovers, I pulled all of the meat off the bones into little bite-sized parts, and I had it with a little bit of the saucy goodness over like just cooked ramen noodles.
2: Ooh. Ooh yeah. That's a And promos- I
0: highly recommend doing that. That, oh, like really,
1: that.
2: it was so good. It was like silk. It was perfect. So to me, that suggests that you're really getting comfortable with chicken. I think like if you're getting in there, <laughs> if you're like pulling it off the bone, if you're adapting it into like, you know, a leftover lunch, to me, this is like mastery level <laughs> chicken.
0: Well, thank you. I would say that my problem with cooking chicken, it's not... I think some people are like, oh, I don't want to get in there, like, cooking meat. Like, mm. the gremlin-y part of cooking chicken really <laughs> appeals to me.
1: The gremlin part of cooking chicken.
0: Yeah, I know exactly yeah. what you mean. Yes. Thank <laughs> you. You get in there. You, like, pull all the pieces apart. You're like, wow, this is so fun. I'm using my hands. <laughs> yeah, you rip um, the oysters
2: off the back and put them right into your mouth. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for understanding, Mackenzie. Mac- um, I knew
1: I brought brought a carnivore into the conversation (laughs) you know in choosing Mackenzie but I mean wow like just totally vibing with like the gremlin analogy love it so
0: that part's actually always felt very comfortable to me for some reason um it's that I'm just terrified of undercooking it and so this recipe was really helpful with that although I still think that I got nervous and like left it in a little bit longer than the minimum amount of time but thankfully it was very forgiving and that worked really well
1: well, so I'm so glad you touched on that notion of doneness because I think Mackenzie's recipe really addressed this head on as well. Mm-hmm. You know, in terms of trying to feel more comfortable with chicken by not needing to worry that like it was going to be underdone in any way. Like you, you almost can't overcook dark meat chicken, really. Mm -hmm. I mean, especially not when it's swaddled in such a fatty rich mixture, you know, where you're braising something in coconut milk to the point often where it just reduces down until the fat separates Mm -hmm. and you're just left with this luscious, fatty, aromatic elixir. It is the the schmaltz of the coconut world and it is heavenly. And it captures those aromatics so beautifully. But point being like the chicken itself, I mean, you're like, you're truly not going to overcook it in this preparation, nor, you know, with the slow roast salmon, are you really going to miss the window so badly that you're going to under- or overcook it egregiously. And it's all about lengthening that window of doneness so that you know you can be anywhere within a range of outcomes and be totally, totally satisfied.
0: Yeah, I found that so comforting, honestly. Like, like I said, I didn't have the post-cooking experience I was planning, but I was driving to biology, which takes a long time, and I was just in the car feeling so accomplished and Mm. good about myself i was like i made chicken i could make chicken again like i bet there are other ways to braise chicken
2: um i really felt on the top of the world that's right that's right the the first runner up (laughs) as a
1: lightning round tell me chocolate chip cookies. How did it go?
0: It was so good. They're so good. I still have five chocolate chip cookie dough balls in my freezer. I might bake them off today. Browning the butter was so fun. I'd never done that at that volume before.
1: Talk about catharsis. Every time you brown butter, you feel like you have literally made fire for the first time. (laughs)
2: I remember that in one of Joanne Chang's cookbooks, she says that what you're listening for is the sound of a tiny audience applauding for you. And that is what it feels like <laughs> when you brown butter. You're like, yes, like I did it. And you
1: froze some of it so you can bake them off one at a time, two at a time, whatever you need. Five at a time,
0: uh, two at a time, one at a time. Who who only wants one chocolate chip cookie, Chris? <laughs> I do feel like the chocolate chip cookies got me closer to self-actualization. I made them first and I
2: came out of it Uh-oh. being like, wow. That was great.
1: Empowered. Yeah. yeah. Just,
2: there's nothing better than just having cookie dough ready to bake in your freezer. Yeah. yeah. It was great. I really feel like my confidence has been boosted.
1: That honestly that's the, the goal. The, that's the goal. Exactly. If you have a dinner emergency on your hands, write to us at dinnersos at bonapetite.com or leave us a voice message at 212 286-SOS1 that's 212-286-7071 you can find the recipes featured on today's episode the coconut milk braised chicken legs chicken paprikash slow roasted salmon with harissa and BA's best chocolate chip cookies on the new Epicurious app brought to you by Condé Nast just search Epicurious in the app store and download today if you enjoyed this episode, please give us a rating and review on your podcast app of choice and hit that follow button so you never miss an episode. Dinner SOS is a Conde Nast Entertainment original podcast. I'm your host, Chris Morocco. My co host this week is Mackenzie Feegan. Our producer is Michelle O'Brien. Peyton Hayes is our associate producer. Leah Kasher is our assistant producer. Jake Loomis is our studio engineer. Amar Lal makes this episode. Next week, a movable feast for graduating high school seniors.
2: The kids crave these home-cooked meals and things that are just made with with love, and that is what I want to give to them.
1: I was about to give you a recipe for an as-yet-unpublished triple chocolate brownie.
2: Whoa, whoa, whoa. It's not even live yet. That's so not fair, Chris. It's going to be coming out any
1: day. Mackenzie,
2: I don't have access to the unpublished triple chocolate brownie recipe. Well, it's neither here nor there.
1: (laughs) It's immaterial. Sophie Sophie wants chicken. Sophie is a chicken stand. Hi, listeners. It's Chris. On Dinner SOS, we offer you cooking advice to make your week a little less stressful. So I want to share another podcast with you that has helped me decompress from the stress of everyday life. It's called Meditative Story, and in each episode, you'll hear a different storyteller share a moment in their life where everything changed for them. I just listened to the episode with fellow chef Carla Hall. She shares an incredible, heartfelt story about the power of play and how she fell in love with cooking from watching her grandmother in her kitchen. My favorite part is that the story is scored with breathtaking original music and interspersed with mindfulness prompts you can engage with wherever you may be listening. So take a moment to find Meditative Story in your podcast
2: app and follow the show. From P-